0: You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am CJ Palmasano, I am your host, and we have a very special episode this week. I'm going to be kicking things off right away with AEW All Out 2021 predictions at the start of this show. Why, you ask? Well, I have a very special interview coming up in a little bit. It's with the current, undisputed, GTS heavyweight champion, Philly Mike Swanson. Uh, You may recognize him from... Over at Grimm's Toy Show, GTS, whatever you want to call it. He is the current champion over there and got to uh, shoot the shit with him for about an hour or so and talk some pro wrestling with him. So yeah, Uh, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. We really appreciate you uh, being on the podcast. So for now, I'm going to get into my AEW All Out predictions. AEW All Out is this coming Sunday. I am excited. I cannot wait for AEW All Out. I hope you guys cannot wait for AEW All Out. Um, this is a really, really stacked card, man. It's just really, really... I, I I, have not been this excited for a wrestling show in so long. Like, Legitimately so excited in so, so long. So we're going to get through everything here. Um... And just I'm just gonna go through my predictions, and then you will hear my interview with Philly Mike right after. All right, so we're just gonna kick things off. First is a ten-man tag team match with a buy-in: uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, Chuck Taylor, Wheeler Yuta, and Jurassic Ex- Ex- uh, Jurassic Express featuring Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus uh, versus uh, with Marco Stone versus the Hardy Family Office: um, Matt Hardy, Private Party. Uh, and THQ consisting of Helicone Jack Evans. Um, I'm gonna go here and say this is gonna be um, where the baby faces get the victory. Uh, Best friends and Jurassic Express. Um, I don't necessarily see this feud continuing. Uh, just a nice little thing, you know. I think Wheeler Yuta will probably get a pretty good showing in this match. He's they've been decently pushing him on AEW Dynamite recently, so I say we could get that win there. Next up, we have the 21 Women's Casino Battle Royal. And the winner will get a shot at the AEW Women's Championship. Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, The Bunny, Big Swole, Julia Hart, Ty, uh, Tay Conti, Ty Conti, sorry, Tay Conti, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Diamante, Penelope Ford, Red Velvet, and Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan, Abaddon, Layla Hirsch, Ke- uh, Keeley King, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, Anna Jay, the returning Anna Jay, Riho, and one more woman to be announced. So, I am th- going to say that I think this, uh, this returning woman is going to be Ruby Shoho, Uh, Soho, rather, uh, the former Ruby Riot. Um, I think she's going to show up and be the last competitor, the mystery mystery, uh, person, mystery wrestler. Um, I don't know if she's necessarily going to win the match. I mean, maybe she could win the match. Um, But... Yeah, fuck it. I say Ruby Soho to win the uh, to win the battle royal, and to get a nice little feud with her and Britt Baker. That would be that would be nice. Or well, maybe not a feud, but a fun little match. Who knows? Um. Anyway. So, next up, we have John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. I probably fucked up the first name, but John Moxley here. This is a very, very, very easy match to predict. Um, You know, Moxley's trying to get a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi, and this will play into the whole New Japan thing. Just a stepping stone for Moxley. And Moxley shouldn't have a match at all out. He really should. Next up, we have Paul White versus QT Marshall with Aaron Solo and Nick Kamurodo in QT Marshall's corner. Um... I wasn't completely sure uh, as to who was going to win this match. Now, considering the Gun Club have now turned heel, um, but I'm gonna go with Paul White. I, I don't. I just don't see QT Marshall getting a pay per view victory. He never wins anything. Um, next up, we have. Uh, let's see. What we have here. Next, we have Chris Jericho versus MJF. Where is if Chris Jericho loses. He must retire from in-ring competition. Now, it seems like for the past few months, it's possibly where this could have been going. Uh, I think I touched upon it a little bit a little while ago during the five labors of Jericho. But yeah, I I guess I'm going to have to go with MJF here because everything that has been done... This has clearly been done to bring MJF into that next-level bad guy, that next-level heel, and Jericho is the one to put him over. And I think that this truly is it for Chris Jericho. Will it be truly it for Chris Jericho? I don't know, but but MJF has to win this feud here. He has to win this feud because if Jericho wins on Sunday, I feel like it'll put a sour taste in my mouth, many other people's mouths, to really just... It, to take to take back, like it, it'll take back so much all the work that they've done to really build up MJF, and they MJF can use that for the rest of his career. I retired Chris Jericho, so I'm just gonna go with MJF. I, I think he has to win in this in this situation. Next up, ooh, I'm looking forward to this Miro the TNT champion versus Eddie Kingston. Oh man, so this is a bit of a toss up. A bit, is it? Nah, it's Miro. It's going to be Miro. I think Miro's going to retain. This is going to be a hell of a match. I'm looking really looking forward to it. But Miro, uh, he's going to retain the TNT title. Uh, real quickly going to this. Uh, originally, we were supposed to have Pac versus Andrade uh, for All Out. But Tony Khan said due to travel conflictions uh, that the match won't be happening. This could be storyline. This could be not. Because uh, originally, the Women's Casino Battle Royal was going to be on the pre-show buy-in. But now, the... Uh, it's on the main card with that tag match taking its place. Um, it's possible, I've heard, that Andrade might have an open. I think he's teasing an open challenge at All Out. Um, there's a lot he could do there. Uh, Sammy Guevara said something like, I heard someone needs an opponent for All Out. Sammy Guevara versus Andrade would be fun. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they want to debut Daniel Bryan uh, or Bryan Danielson. Uh, for all out, you could do that. Um, I'm not sure what they're gonna do for this, uh, but I did want to talk about it a little bit before we get into uh, while we're doing the predictions. Um, I'll just say that I think there will be an open an open challenge from from Andrade. I'm just not sure as to who could answer that open challenge. Will it be someone on the active roster? Will it be somebody who is coming into the roster? We don't know yet. So, but I still think we'll get some kind of open challenge, from Andrade. Uh, next up, we have the Young Bucks, the AW Tag Team Champions, defending the titles against the Lucha Bros, Repento, El Cerro Miedo, and Ray Phoenix in a steel cage match. Um, this one, I, I'm not sure. I feel like we could get a title change on this show. But then again, with all this stuff that's going on, I feel like if you have like. I feel like you can't have too many heel victories, you know. I mean, like you know, I, I predicted a bunch of heels to be winning here. In this instance, though, I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. I'm ah, uh, I'm gonna say the Lucha Bros. I'm I'm not 100 percent confident on this one. I'm I'm really not. Um, I feel like Andrade could play a role in this. He could play a role in this. And he could help them win the tag team titles. Maybe. I'm not sure. But I'm going to go with the Lucha Bros. Because I feel like you need some, maybe some more babyface victories on here. At least one title change. Who knows. Uh, next up, Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, it's going to be uh, Dr. Britt Baker. She's not dropping the title anytime soon. It's going to be a good match. I like. I love Britt Baker as I've said on this podcast before. Uh, I like Chris Statlander too. She's great too. Uh, but it's going to be Dr. Britt. No way! Uh, no doubt about it. DMD. Next, we have Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW World Championship, and uh, I'm gonna go with Kenny Omega here. Uh, I think this will be an amazing match. Um, Omega and Cage just gave a, a taste of what they could do together when they had that match on Rampage. So I'm gonna go with uh, Christian. Sorry, Kenny Omega, not Christian Cage. Uh, Kenny Omega to. Uh, to retain the AEW World Championship, to eventually drop that title to uh, to hang returning Hangman Adam Page, and finally, what I believe could possibly be the main event. Well, at least I wanted to save it for the last, uh, the best for last. The, the match that I am most looking for, most looking forward to: Darby Allen versus the returning CM Punk, one on one in Chicago. Punk's first match in pro wrestling in seven years. Almost seven years. And I cannot wait. Punk is obviously going to be winning this one. I am going with CM Punk. Um, I, I'm just so excited. Punk is the reason why I'm buying this pay-per-view and I'm having a get-together with my buddies to have them come by or are going to split it. Uh, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see what these guys do together. I think Darby is the perfect first opponent choice for, for CM Punk. Um... It'll be a lot of fun. Punk is definitely going over here. There's no way he's not winning his first match in this in this long. And there's no way uh, he's losing in Chicago when AEW are the bookers here. Uh, so I'm going with CM Punk. But I am very much looking forward to this Sunday's All Out. I'll be putting some polls up on Twitter, at TNAWP. What matches are you most looking forward to? And uh, communicate with us, all right? So now that I've gotten to the predictions, let's get into that interview. Here's my interview with Philly Mike Swatson. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I'm being joined by a very special guest, the Undisputed GTS Champion, Philly Mike Watson. What's going on, man?
1: What's up, bud? How you doing
0: today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad we could finally get this set up. We've both been very, bu- oh, yeah. we've both been very busy. You've had a lot of indie uh, yeah. shows you have going on lately. I just came, my, myself came back from vacation, so glad we could finally set this up. How are you? Awesome man. So let's just get into that. You recently just became the undisputed GTS champion at Sucker Slam. So um Yes. So I'm just yeah, that's the big thing that happened recently for you. So talk a little bit about how that all went down, the the build that went to it, um what your thoughts on how it all came up uh, yeah, came together.
1: Uh basically if you're not familiar with GTS wrestling or Grimm's Toy Show, whichever you wanna call it, um, we've had two main Titles on the show for since the start of the show, basically, uh, we've had the GTS heavyweight championship. And we've had the YouTube Wrestling Figures heavyweight championship. So, like the YouTube title was looked as more like a WWE type title. The GTS title was more like a world heavyweight title. But uh, for years, we had two main titles, and um, some former TV names held them. Guys on GTS, people that came and went. It's, they've been. The, you can look up the the prestige of the titles, whatever you want to call it. They've been... Good names have held them. But anyway, the the long build, the overall build for the last few years on GTS has been who's going to be the first person to unify the belts, who's going to be the first one to become the undisputed champion. And obviously, everyone assumed it would be Grimm, the owner, booker, star, whatever you want to call him of the show. Uh And then there's been other names like Kurt Bale, uh, Ring of Honor, Superstar Rhett Titus is a frequent at GTS here and there. So he was in the picture as well. So basically, we built to the story of I had the YouTube championship for the last few months. I was doing open challenges every week, bringing in people that wouldn't usually be on GTS, giving people that wouldn't usually get opportunities a shot around the show here and there. Meanwhile, Grimm has had the GTS championship, and he's doing this whole, basically uh, copying the Roman Reigns dick, the whole tribal thief. He's been calling himself the tribal chef. He, he like turns everything into like fat jokes and mm-hmm. stuff like that for his gimmick. So he's been like more teasing of a... I've been heel on the show for years, and I went face for the first time this year with the whole YouTube run and all that. And he's been kind of inching more towards a heel turn. Kind of did like a role reversal recently in a way. So it built, it built up to it. Basically, uh, we brought back another guy, Kurt Bell, who's a frequent on GTS for the last few years. Rhett Titus was brought in and we had a big steel cage match for the unification. Uh, YouTube title, GTS title, winner takes all. The Steel Cage match aired, I would say, I think it was two days ago now, two or three days ago now on YouTube. You can check it out. It's, uh, the, uh, I won the match. Spoiler alert. As you (laughs) stated a little bit ago, I won. And I became, I was the one to do it. The first ever unified on disputed. And... Originally we thought that it would just like the two titles would form together they would become one title like they usually do a unification stuff. but uh, we, um, we're doing it a little different where I carry all three championships. We do have an undisputed unified championship um, but I'm also carrying the GTS title and YouTube title as well along with the undisputed title. and the gimmick with that is, is I can defend the GTS title on its own, I can defend the YouTube title on its own, I can defend both titles at the same time. It's whichever clause. there's rematch clause involved, there's certain stipulations behind it, but I could lose the GTS title, or I could lose the YouTube title separately, and then the Undisputed title would go away. It would go away again until somebody else can unify the belts down the line. So it's not like we've retired the two main titles. We've just combined everything and we have one title representing it. So it's a lot, but I like the I like the stipulation of it because I can still do my YouTube open challenge deal. And right now what we're doing on the show is Grim, because he was the GTS champion, he has the rematch clause. So now he's gonna be cashing in his rematch clause on me on our next like Free per pay per view, whatever. Uh, I don't know which which one it is yet. Um, and we're going to be going. He's going to be challenging me for the GTS championship, and not the YouTube or the Unified, but just the GTS because that's all he has a shot at, basically. So yeah, right now I got to carry on a lot of belt. Yeah. It's weighing me down. It's it, it's it's. I the first thing I said when they got all the belts was this is why they don't really give multiple titles like this to little guys
0: because <laughs> it's a lot oh man it's um no I, I guess it's a similar thing I think uh, New Japan did the thing with, with both the intercontinental and heavyweight title like I think when I think Ibushi was champion he Naito challenged him for one of the titles It's a, I, I like that whole concept
1: yeah, exactly
0: because you know yep. sometimes it's nice to still have those belts around um exactly uh, so, how long has this story uh, necessarily been building uh, for you and Grim? I know you said that you were kind of more heel, and only recently you turned babyface. Well,
1: me and Grim have we've been kind of like bulls on the show for like as long as I've been on the show. It's it's always been me and Grim against each other. I've always been anti-Grim, anti-Grim, and he's always been the big babyface of the show because it's his show, obviously. And in this last year, we uh. We took more of an approach where I was. People were start, fans were starting to come around, starting to like me more. So we went with it. We we went with it. I did. I turned face. I embraced everything. And me and Grim for the first time. And the fans were shocked. They couldn't believe it. Me and Grim were on the same side. We were buddy buddy here and there, working together. He was rooting me on, but uh, and then it didn't. And didn't get until this unification buildup where he started acting like more of a dick and he started, uh, easing the heel turn and doing things to kind of get the title off of me. And actually I forgot to mention right before the, uh, steel cage match, he did cost me the YouTube championship. He, he, it was a screw job. He pulled the old Montreal screw job on me with Kurt Bale. And I did not tap out, but, Kurt Bell became the YouTube champion because Grimm rang the bell. And so heading into that match, I didn't have the title. It was Kurt Bell's YouTube champ. Grimm is GTS champ. So when I won, I won all three belts in that match.
0: But uh,
1: yeah, so for, and it, it just, and now since then it's, it's, it's starting to, I'm starting to see why I like, I was right all these years by being anti-Grim because now he's starting to act different when, his titles in danger and he he wants what i got and i understand but it is what it is so and they're doing the whole anti grim movement on the show right now where basically almost the entire roster is anti grim because they say he doesn't provide opportunities he puts himself over stuff like that and i'm not even with the anti grim movement i i've been on my own and he he seems to think I'm with them because they're rooting for me. They're with me, but I don't know. We're, we're going to have to see how things play out, I guess.
0: All right. Well, I mean, it's good to have support though, from the fans alone. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So you're the champion right now. Not really sure when you're going to be defending the, the GTS particular belt for when Grim wants his rematch. But, uh, but, but let's backtrack a little bit. When did you exactly get your start with GTS?
1: It was, uh, around, like, the end of 2017, I, uh, I started, it was, like, I was friends with, uh, Tommy Salami and Pete Corvus, who were on the show, and basically, they just invited me out, I started doing basic wrestling training at the Chicago Wrestle Factory around that same time, uh, I showed up, I didn't really know anything, I knew how to bump and that was about it, and... Grimms threw me in as like one of the masked clown gimmicks and just threw me into the water and I sucked. He he, he talks about it all the time. He doesn't hide it. I, I when I showed up, I sucked. I was terrible. I was god awful. So I took the time to I, I left again for a couple months. I focused on training. I was at the the Wrestle Factory for a few months, and whenever my training was up with there, I went back to GTS, and that's when I basically made it a point to get myself make a name for myself and stand out and ever since then it's it's been a good run it's it's uh been all uphill from there and yeah so i've been with gts about about four years coming up now
0: nice and and how long exactly have you been wrestling around the same time or you just you kind of just started wrestling when you came with gts
1: yeah it was all around, it was all at the same time. I, I had about a maybe month of training in me when I first showed up the GTS, and like I like I said, I didn't really know how to do anything other than just take take basic moves and shit like that. Mm-hmm. so i I went away, I came back and stood out to Grim.
0: So you said you started in the uh, Chikara school. Where is that exactly?
1: It's in Philly, Northeast Philly. It's uh, the car is closed down now as a as a promotion, but the Russell Factory, I believe, is still there and still, uh, still training school.
0: Who's running that school over there? I'm not
1: sure right now. It was Mike Quackenbush, but uh, some stuff popped off about him, like uh, in the whole school uh, about a year ago or so. So I don't know the logistics of it, honestly, right now. I know mm-hmm. they are; they do still have students. I believe if anyone's running it, it's Sunny DeFarge. But, yeah, I'm not sure, to be quite honest.
0: Okay. I guess I should rephrase that mainly, like, who was there when, when you started, I guess I should have said.
1: Yeah, uh, what, what, uh, my was, trainer, my, my trainers when I was there were Mike Quackenbush and Ophidian.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Y- yes. Sorry, I should have. That's on me. Anyway, so you've been there nah, for... we all good. Okay. So you've been at GTS for a little over four years now. Um, where have you... Uh, I guess I should ask, what made you, I guess, really become a wrestler? Was it some kind of match? Was it a person? Was it a moment?
1: I just always loved wrestling. Like, uh, I was a kid. My cousin got me into it, and... Never grew out of it. It was one of those things everybody said, You're going to grow out of it. You're going to grow out of it. Never did. Always wanted to be a wrestler. Like, the moment I got into wrestling, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to entertain. And it wasn't. It, I got a late start. I didn't start training until I was 21. I uh, wish that I knew how to get into it. Little before like i wish i could have started training around 18 but i didn't know i didn't know what where to or the what direction to be pointed into until like i said of finding people and talking to people and meeting people that knew where to point me into the the right directions so uh yeah i just it's always what i wanted to do never grew out of it it's always been like my biggest love people have hated me sometimes because i can't shut the hell up about wrestling Like, it's just (laughs) it's It's my life, basically.
0: I've been there. My buddies tell me, hey, "Would you shut the fuck up about it?" Once, all right, I'll stop. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who were some guys you really really enjoyed uh, watching when you were growing up?
1: Uh, I like key guys that really I always like name drop that will stand out. I always say Edge and CM Punk, obviously. So now, nice. like, it's I was just thinking the other day that it's pretty surreal to me that. Be them two being like two of the main reasons and inspirations of my wrestling that they're both back in wrestling in 2021 when like nobody thought it was possible is pretty awesome to me and so they're both back obviously I, I loved like the Hardys um Shawn Michaels, dX all that uh AJ Styles was my man in TNA but like for like, I take a lot of wrestling inspiration, I guess, like, character-wise, I guess, from Edge and CM Punk, I'd say, the most more than anybody.
0: I see a lot of that, of Punk and Edge in you. When I've watched some of the videos before I was prepping for this, that as far as, like, when you're talking smack to people, you get a lot of, like, Edge and Punk vibes, especially, like, with the stuff I've seen you when you were working as a heel. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, that is pretty surreal that both those guys are back in wrestling. You know, Edge. We thought he was going to be gone it's, forever because of a wild. neck injury, and Punk actually came yep. back <laughs> less than a week ago.
1: It's crazy. Yep, it's insane, insane.
0: So people uh, try to
1: say wrestling isn't on a boom, but I don't. I can't remember the last time wrestling's been on a boom like this.
0: I would say, as far as outside of WWE, yeah, it's on the biggest boom it's had in years. All these companies working exactly. together, you know. So yeah. That, now that AEW's got Punk, all people who said they weren't competition, oh well, they're competition now. Yeah, that
1: that did it. If Vince wasn't scared before; he is now. That that, that was the one to do
0: it. I mean, Brian's supposed to be coming in soon. Adam Cole could be coming in soon.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be wild. Yeah. So, uh, what exactly do you have any? Um, Obviously, you know, you've been wrestling for a little while now. You're working in GTS as a champion. You do indie shows as well. Um what goals do you have as far as being a wrestler goes? Are you mainly a guy who wants to be, you know, I want to work in the indies for a while and then go somewhere or do I want to work off the indies? Do I want to go to WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor? What are your goals?
1: As of now, like right now, I would say the goal like per like right realistically I should say the goal right now is to travel and get travel more on the indies and get my name out there on the indies and travel the country travel world when everything can open up like normally and all this stuff whatever Uh, I just want to be able to travel as much as I can wrestle as much as I can Um, and then the overall goal I would say is AEW at this point because WWE is just clearly in a different direction than what a lot of us uh, knew of it and expected of it for the last couple of years. Um, WWE you know, is my tra- my trainer Mike Reganbridge always said like he, WWE wants to be able to say they created you. You want to be able to say you were homegrown, you were made in WWE. It's why Roman Reigns has been treated the way he has for years, and they were trying to do it with Braun Strowman. They they want to be able to take full accountability and credit for you, and they can't do that with indie guys because there's the internet, and people know where these guys are coming from, and they're not stupid. So WWE's the in they're in a different direction now. They they're making it pretty clear. I'm I'm still shocked that they're doing like this. I don't know what to expect from it, but I'm shocked they're apparently doing this big full revamp of NXT and rebranding that. Like it's crazy that to me they kinda throw in the flag pretty easily with this whole like AEW NXT war. I mean the war kinda ended a while ago, but people still enjoyed NXT for what it was. I haven't been watching it. But people still enjoy NXT, so I'm shocked that they are kind of just like dropping it, like they did with that original NXT thing, where they're not signing indie guys or they have a certain age limit, like all this stuff. So it's it's just not. It's as days go by, it's getting harder. So I want to pursue the play themes more realistic, more fun, more achievable. And that's AEW right now. Obviously, any major promotion, I would like jump at the opportunity to do. New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact. I want to get everywhere, basically anywhere I can. They're all name worthy promotions that anybody should want to work for. So uh, yeah, I just want to wrestle everywhere, you know.
0: Yeah, that's that is a weird thing WWE is doing these days. You know, they were they had a really good thing going with um, with. NXT a while ago, I remember 2018 was probably like the peak, 2018, 2019 was probably like the peak NXT of how great it was. All these guys from the indies of, you know, now Malachi Black and Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, Gargano, Cole, and the Era, really bringing in a lot of viewership and a lot of like fans to draw eyes to the talent. But it's then you see what they do when they get the main roster. You're like, well, what's the point? Um, exactly, and, and that's a good mindset you have there. Is that you know you want to work everywhere, any 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 place that has an opportunity for you, you're gonna take it. And mm-hmm. I I say WWE's loss is all these other companies gain. They don't want indie guys. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, you know. Okay, Impact wants us. AW wants us. Ring of Honor wants us. That's that's exactly. Honestly, the indies are. I think. There was a bit of a boom period before the Indies, before the pandemic. I think the Indies are coming back strong from what I've been seeing.
1: Big time. The Indies are hot right now. It's crazy. It's be, it's because, like I said, of the internet, Um, it's so easy. It, it, every promotion... If, if you're still an Indie promotion and you're not making your product easily accessible to the internet, what are you doing? Like, it's... There's IWTV, there's so many promotions just on IWTV alone, and YouTube, and just everywhere online, you can, some places have their own streaming service, like, there's, you can watch wrestling so easily, and so, it's insane, when I, if I was a kid, and today's day and age with wrestling, I'd be losing my mind, I I thought I had a lot of wrestling to watch when I was a kid, like, there's so much of it now, it's insane to me. And just the fact that there's actually, like, wrestling on TV now, like, like, full new, brand new wrestling you can watch, like, Monday through Friday, it's crazy.
0: That's crazy to me. The amount of wrestling that there is, even for a fan's perspective, there's just, sometimes it's just too much. <laughs> I mean...
1: I, I, say, I say the same thing. I say wrestling's biggest downfall is that it's too, there's too much. We, we always want more. You want more of everything. But once you get all of it, it's too much.
0: I mean, WWE the, alone. There's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and if you're not counting like main event or superstars, that's that's already like four or five shows right there. And then mm-hmm. AEW AEW does a lot with Dynamite, now Rampage, Dark, and Dark Elevation. Four shows there. It's and then the New Japan has their U.S. thing and their Main Japan thing, and they it just again, it's just so much to watch. You just have, kind of have to pick and choose what exactly you want to see exactly and
1: that's why i like that there's a lot of it because there are all the options now so you can oh but you don't like this you have hundreds of other shit you can watch but uh yeah at the same time it it can be too much but it's it's just it it blows my mind the the people that can watch all of the wrestling if you watch every promotion every goddamn week i i i I feel for you it's that's wild I think I would hate wrestling if I watched all of it at that point.
0: <laughs> I mean, look at some of the guys on the YouTube channels who have to who have to watch Raw every single week and see how bad it exactly. is. Exactly.
1: Yeah. That's I,
0: crazy. I don't cover really I don't really cover Raw on this podcast anymore just of how bad it's gotten. Just I only cover stuff that I like.
1: Yeah, I I seen a thing that um how Fox uh like the whole reason WWE brought back Becky Lynch and Brock and put them on SmackDown was like a response to the Punk thing. Like they wanted them back, wanted them on Fox because Fox has been complaining, and now like USA is all pissed off at WWE because Raw's got nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dude, Raw used to be the better show when I when I was coming when I was growing up. Raw was the show to see, and then like it, it SmackDown had years here and there. It was SmackDown was never overly like overly all consistent. Raw, I always enjoyed. I I felt. I was like every week I would enjoy something with Raw. But uh they just neglect Raw like crazy now. Raw is almost on the level of main event. They just don't care.
0: Oh my God. They're,
1: they're just, they just don't care. Like some of the shit they put on there, like they put uh the whole Thunderdome era was like I wouldn't watch every week, but the I'd be over a Buddy's house and sometimes we'd watch. It was rough. That shit, like, it, I couldn't believe that that was WWE. Like, this, they're actually, like, accepting this shit. It,
0: it was insane. It's amazing. You're right. It's amazing how just some, just really baffling some of the shit they were putting on there. Like, I, I would catch it once in a while and see, like, you know, okay, what's going on here? Just, like, I think another big thing, like you know, like the whole thing they're doing with like Alexa Bliss and the Eva Marie thing. Like I'm, I'm still having to rewatch Summerslam because I missed it when I was on vacation. But I'm watching just like just only a few minutes of that match. I'm like, nope, skip this. So you pretty much gave you gave the fiend uh, gimmick to Alexa Bliss, and then you released Bray Wyatt.
1: Yeah, that that was crazy to me. Like that's unreal. Like I get it. Alexa's killing it and
0: oh no she's great yeah
1: like but to me like what they the proper way they should have did that was it should have that should have been the lead to their first real intergender feud in wwe it should have been the fiend came back and feuded with alexa and that they because you don't know they they're both characters where you didn't even have to do like an actual wrestling match you can just hit cool shit do cool stuff cinematic theatrical character work um yeah no they just said all right well we don't we don't need him anymore we got Alexis killing it so yeah they don't uh, that, think about the overall There, it's crazy man
0: I don't get that because I, I, I talked about it a little while ago on here but he's like the best like character wrestler in the past 10-15 years like the best like right. just Exactly, a straight up gimmick. You know, you get a lot of guys today who are great in the ring, and they're char- and they're charismatic, but not a whole lot of guys have a gimmick. And when you have a gimmick, it can be very special. And the fiend uh-huh. Bray Wyatt, and or just Bray Wyatt in general as a cult leader, is a very he's an attraction, and he is a very special thing. And people years ago were saying, oh, he's he's the second coming of the Undertaker, and now it's like, nope. Exactly. That, that yeah, Bray
1: out. Wyatt was always over. Like no matter like David, he'd go away for a bit and come back. No, no matter when he was always over with the fans. Nobody ever complained about Bray Wyatt. It was WWE that always just went for some reason. The I think only... it, I I think it's as simple as one of those things where like Vince doesn't see it. He just doesn't see it in Bray like everybody else does. And you know when Vince doesn't see it, that's that's it the final straw like there's none and that's the problem when it comes down to like i get it you're the owner of the company you're vince mcmahon but when your promotion's that damn big these decisions can't just be fucking tied down to one guy like this is crazy to me how many people that work for that promotion and just like everything just comes down like yeah nah get rid of them
0: doesn't make any sense to me and the whole one guy concept doesn't work either It 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 never has. Like you can't just leave one guy to be your your sole attraction. Like right now, that is Roman Reigns, and he's killing it. But you have all these other guys who could be as big as Roman. You know, like Drew or you know Finn Balor. Maybe uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. I I say Seth Rollins has been there for a while, but he's as far as currently, he's not like on that level. But all these guys could be as big as they. Were in the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, wherever, and just have a steady thing. It's kind of like you know leaving everything. It it's kind of like the John Cena effect, where like Cena, it's it's opposite now because Roman's a heel. You need to have other guys on par with your your top guy, whether he be heel or face. Yep, exactly.
1: And they they just WWE they he they incapable of thinking any like long term anymore. They're just it, on a week by week ratings basis. Little pop reviews this week and stuff like that. That's they're just overall mindset is completely different than what we've known for years and what we were used to for years. And like, if you can accept that, it's fine. Like WWE is not bad. Like there's little kids and there's still like literal millions that love WWE and don't bitch about it at all have that target audience it's just the audience that grew up watching WWE in these last few years is steering away from it now because we have our wrestling that we would like and that's what Tony Khan brought with AEW he's, he's given us the wrestling that we asked for for years and basically and Vince is taking his approach to it and there's nothing wrong with that there's just two different sides of it
0: I mean really that's it's just fueled with a fire for those who really don't want who are just tired of the whole WWE shtick of what's been going on for the past few years? I mean, you exactly. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about how Brock and Becky were a, a kind of a retaliation to Punk returning. I mean, I don't really know how well that works, considering Brock's a part-time guy, and Punk says he's going to be yeah. there. Punk says he's going to be there every week, doing something on Rampage or Dynamite or a pay-per-view.
1: Exactly, like
0: and really? that's what I mean.
1: Like they're just doing stuff to pop and get attention and shock value. And, yeah, that's cool when it's done right. Like Becky's return was made sense. Becky's around the time they brought Brock back just because they can. Like they they tried to hype up Brock Lesnar's back in WWE. Brock Lesnar's back. He hasn't even been gone that long. Why are you hyping this up? Like it's, it was like a normal hiatus for Brock. What do you mean?
0: He's been gone for about a little over a year and a half. I mean, it's it's long for him, but not really that long.
1: Yeah, not like, Becky, not that long.
0: Becky's been gone about as long, just about as long as Brock has.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. It's they need to just both stick to their own, and that's the thing. AEW starting to find their way. They're they're finally finding their path and what direction they want to go in. And I think once they, if it's like Danielson's obviously coming, they're they're gonna bring mm-hmm. in Danielson. If Cole's coming, if Bray Wyatt goes there. I'm hearing Braun Strowman now. Like, if they bring in all these guys and they set that core roster and they just take it off from there, that's their path, then hell yeah, that, that's what I want to see. I like I keeping up this whole competing and doing only like reacting to what the other promotion is doing ain't going to fucking last forever.
0: The other like, thing that. The other thing they're doing is that they're really making good use of their younger guys, like Darby Allen, MJF, oh, yeah. Jungle Boy, for example.
1: Oh yeah, they they got their core four with uh yeah, like you said, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle, yeah, Sammy too. Those, those those four yeah, those four are uh, they're they're already going to be superstars. You can just see it.
0: If they aren't already, and really, like,
1: it, what, what I like about that too is like. Jungle Boy and MJF, they have the look, they're they, they're studs for T V, stuff like that. Like people kinda knew they would get over in A.E.W. But I think Darby and Guevara were more of the like they had a fight the fight kind of thing because I know personally I hated Sammy Guevara when he first signed with AEW. I knew he was a good wrestler and he'd kill it in the ring, you'd always have good matches. I hated his character, I hated the personality, and it wasn't until AEW where he really started to blossom and, like, find his way, I think. And I be, I'm a humongous Guevara fan now. I've always liked Darby Allen, but he was one of those guys where, like, you didn't know if he was going to translate on TV or not. And he probably was, like, the first one out of, like, besides MJF, he was the first one out of those, like, core four to blow up. And they started doing shit with Darby right away. Yeah, and like another one, another one is Orange Cassidy. Like Orange Cassidy's not a not one of the young guys, but he's another one that, people said would not get over on TV and would not translate on TV, and he became one of the biggest like biggest acts in the whole year and a half, two years, or however long it's been.
0: I mean, that's that is like, <laughs> Darby Allen is a gimmick where it's like, like you said, you think you wouldn't work on TV. It's mainly like, oh, that's an indie gimmick. It won't. It, and yeah, he's one of the biggest stars and he was one of the highest merch sellers at one point.
1: Yeah. It, it, it fits with the times too. There's so many like grunge and emo kids again. Like it's like popular to be emo again, like all this shit. But like he just translated with a whole different audience and he's bringing, he's bringing skater fans into uh, creating interest with the skater fans, creating interest with music fans. Like it's, it's, it's cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They they know what they're doing. Exactly. Um, so I guess turning the gears back over this way, as far as some of your matches that you been you've had in your in your career so far, what are some that really stand out to you?
1: Um, I uh, I, the, I mentioned Kurt Bale earlier. Me and Kurt Bale had a uh, a Last Man Standing match. Uh, I, saw, I saw that one. And at the time, the stipulation was loser leave lose GTS um i won he lost he left but then uh, i i pulled the old on grim and i ended up putting the show too and blowing up on grim and i mentioned between me and grim earlier though that went on for years so that that's a match that always stands out like because at the time uh me and bell actually were leaving the show for a bit we were just we wanted a break we were burnt out so basically we went out there and we just gave it our all and i think it's overall like one of my best performances and we just we meshed that day well our chemistry was just great that day and it was the first time we ever wrestled too that, really?
0: that's why i
1: think wow. yes that it, that's why it blew my mind that me and him we were on gts for years and we never ever wrestled each other and that was the first time we wrestled and just killed it right off the bat um Another one. Me and Vinny Chenzo had a death match at uh, Standalone Wrestling uh, last year, right before the pandemic hit. It was like January 2020. Um, I won a championship there. Um, uh, Yeah, I just a lot of BTS matches. I really give it my all. I just go out. I I don't. I've it's different vibe to me it's weird like my mindset between indie shows and gts i, I don't know it's I'm a lot less caring <laughs> at gts i guess you could say like i'll do dumber shit um <laughs> but uh i wrestled uh, lucky leo zuko recently at titan championship wrestling that was a that was a fun one even though i got piledriven and hurt <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and lost lost but I, I won the other ones. So that's all that matters. I, uh, But yeah, the, the um, this past 4th of July, the GCW Backyard Wrestling show, uh, I got the team with my buddy Big Vin and uh, this other guy, Jay Malachi, who it was uh, supposed to be somebody else teaming with us, but they couldn't make it. So we ended up – Jay Malachi was one of the guys who was just there – Coming, uh, helping with ring crew. He was just one of the guys that came and helped out. You know, what could I do with anything to help out for the day? Um, and he was there all morning. Uh, we had to dig a grave. They had to dig a grave for the Kid Osborne and Chris Dickinson buried alive match. They had to dig like what deep grave? It was not like it was. It was it was down there. So, and him and two other guys, they were just there digging all day, busting their ass. And then we uh. We realized we weren't going to have a partner. So me and Vin were running around scrambling all day. We were looking for a partner. And we uh, we ended up talking to Young, Dumb, and Broke, uh, who we wrestled. And we all agreed that this kid, Jay Malachi, would be a perfect fit. He deserved it. He earned it. He came here. He, he's busting his ass. So we threw Jay on the team. And it was me, Big Vin, Jay Malachi versus Young, Dumb, and Broke. And we just went out. We opened up the GCW Backyard Wrestling Show. It's become one of the like biggest, biggest indie shows around recently in the last few years. Tell uh, Alex Zane got noticed. Um, a lot of, a lot of people break out, standing out from that show in the last few years. So it was fun to get to work that show and open it, and just go out and have a fun backyard wrestling match because that's always fun.
0: That sounds good. I got to catch that one. That one I did not find. i sure it's on YouTube yeah, that, somewhere, right?
1: Yeah, I have it on my YouTube channel, yes. All
0: right, I'll check it out after this.
1: You got it. It was, a, it was a hybrid scramble I just did recently. It was pretty fun.
0: What else do you have uh, in store coming up? Any other shows coming up in the near future or like?
1: Uh, coming up this upcoming weekend, I am, I'm going to be back at UWC, the United Wrestling Coalition. They're doing their uh, annual Wrightstown Rumble, and it's a 25 man Royal Rumble match, and the winner gets a shot at any of their cha- any of the championships anytime you want. Uh, either their heavyweight, their US or tag team championships, whichever you'd like. So I will be there this Saturday, September 4th. Um, trying not trying. I will be winning the raidstown Rumble and demanding a shot at the heavyweight champion Biggie Biggs right afterwards.
0: right after you can do that immediately. Uh, we'll find out because <laughs> it sounds like a <laughs> similar to also a money in the bank type of thing where you win the match and you can pretty much choose whenever you want. Kind of cla- exactly, kind of so, into but, that whole thing.
1: That's what I mean. If you, if you're gonna give me an opportunity like that, I'm gonna cash in immediately. So I'm not gonna waste my time.
0: Awesome. That's how it should be. Yep. So, as you've been wrestling for this uh, for these past uh, few years now, was there anybody that you've gotten to talk to or meet where they kind of opened your eyes about something or gave you a piece of advice that has stuck with you?
1: Um. There's it's it's hard to like narrow stuff down, but like I always take advice from I always take little things from everybody. I always like my trainer Mike but she obviously uh opened my eyes a lot to um, like different perspective in wrestling and uh, how to approach it, from character standpoints all all that and I always honestly, I always give Grimm a lot of credit too. Because I always give Grimm credit for, like, anybody can teach you how to wrestle. Um, Like, you can go to any wrestling school, and you can sign up, you can pay a tuition, you can learn how to bump, you can learn how to run ropes, you can learn how to lock up. Anybody can teach you to learn how to wrestle. There's not a lot of people that can teach you how to overly, like, overall entertain. Sports entertain. And that's what I always say Grimm is best at. Because a lot of the stuff we do on the show is silly and outrageous and not for everybody's liking it's not everybody's cup of tea but overall um you're learning how to work a not a traditional wrestling match but more of a i i always call it a, like a a spot fest you're we're working a high spot match a, a gts style match you, exciting stuff big big moves stuff like that um you're learning to work a camera the entire time you have to play to the camera you're playing to an audience of thousands of people on youtube every day you want to learn how to work to the camera and talk to the camera you want to learn how to be silly vulnerable angry happy like all of this i feel i've learned the best from doing that show these last few years and uh overall growing as a performer and stuff I've worked plenty of indie shows where I just, they just say, go in, do your match, and leave. Like, obviously, I'm playing my character work and stuff, but there's no progression after that. There's no um like, I like storytelling. I like overall, my being in a fucking overall long story and it's my character arc, basically. So I don't like coming in and doing random shit. So when I get to come in and uh, tell a like, start a story or start an angle. Anything that I I enjoy. And I felt like Grim helped me with keeping entertaining and thinking outside the box and stuff like that with the stuff. Um, I always give Jimmy Rave credit for he used to be on GTS with us here and there. Me and him had a small feud, but uh, I always give Jimmy Rave credit for saying if you can bump and you can talk you'll always have a job in wrestling. So like whether you're losing every match, whether you're winning every match, if you can bump and talk, you'll always have a job in wrestling. So I take, I always say that I enjoy taking wrestling moves more than giving them. Sometimes I just like taking people's shit. Sometimes it's, it's more fun to me. It's and getting to talk the shit that I like being able to say shit. I wouldn't usually say I can, be degrading I can say outrageous shit that you can't just say every like on a normal day you know like it's it's awesome to me like the art form of wrestling and like we were talking about earlier how there's all different kinds of it and you can find literally if there's a specific kind of wrestling you like you can find it and stuff like that so it going to each show and seeing different perspectives and everybody looks at wrestling differently. That, that's what I like about it. Everybody approaches it differently. Everybody looks at themselves in and, and, and it differently. It's, it's awesome.
0: That's great, man. That's good. I've noticed that from GTS, you guys can kind of just... That's one thing I enjoy the most when I do watch it is how everybody is just, you know, being over-the-top characters and being funny or ruthless, outlandish, like you just said. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of of the times I find myself laughing my ass off watching a lot of these videos from GTS. Yeah,
1: like I've seen guys that I've known that are can are amazing wrestlers. They can get in the ring and have a killer match and do insane moves you've never seen in your life. But they have no character. They have no facial expressions, shit like that, and they're just deadpan. They just go in there and they wrestle, and they're so. That's the biggest issue on the indies. People don't know how to like be over the top and get out there. But I've watched guys show up to GTS like that. And then over time, you just see it come out in them? And you see by the like months down the line, they're full fledged character. They're over the top. And they're because you just, the more you're around repetition, I guess the more you're around it, the you're just learning it, seeing it, seeing like, how vulnerable Grim makes him on himself on the show, stuff like that. So I, I always like give, Grim the biggest credit for teaching me how to like play to a camera and recognize my audience and switch it up if I need be.
0: And that's the most important thing in wrestling is you need some you need something to draw you in. You can be a great wrestler in the ring. You'd have an awesome match, but you gotta have something about you, whether it be like an entrance mm-hmm. or or something you do, some shtick, whatever see, whatever it may I, be.
1: I see so much wrestling now that None of the moves or matches I, I don't remember them. When I leave a show, I don't remember the matches. I remember what your entrance was, what how you left the ring, if you did something like yelling towards the crowd, if you like I uh I know you're familiar with Tony Cheney, you interviewed Tony Cheney. Yes. But I, I, I always said when Tony he I know he, he got away from the delivery boy gimmick, but I always said when Tony Cheney was a delivery boy didn't matter what he did at that. He walked out with a pizza box in his hand, and you remember that. It does, You will remember that kid with the pizza box everywhere he goes, because of that one little prop. He has that one little thing. It's the littlest things in wrestling. And I remember stuff like that that stands out to me. Like, little entrance stuff in entrances can win me over with you way more than the 10-minute match you just wrestled. Because exactly. every, everybody's doing that shit. Everybody's doing
0: the same stuff. Yeah, with you, I see it's a lot of like the videos I've seen with uh, like when you're heel, you know, trash talking when you come in, like let's just fucking go, let's just start the match, right let me kick his ass, whatever you're gonna say. To- Tony, I exactly. saw, I saw him do an indie show. He was doing a, a tag match, and their uh, his whole group stick was, you know. Uh, I think it was with uh, mom's Squad. I think it was the indie show I went to. Like you know, they were just they were just heels who didn't care what you thought of them. They said we're the biggest fucking guys, we're the best fucking guys in this match. We don't care what these guys do or whoever. We're gonna beat them, and that's they were the most interesting uh, characters in this whole Fatal Four Way tag that they had. So yeah, absolutely. That you need something to draw you out because if you don't, people are not gonna remember your. Your match, sure. Your match would be great, but they might not remember it by the time you get home. They remember, remember your character or stuff, though.
1: And you just point, you just explained it perfectly. It was a fatal four way tag match. There's a lot of guys involved with that match. Who cares what wrestling moves you're doing? Stand out character wise, look wise. You know, like I, if I was in a match like that, I'd be fine with staying on the apron the whole damn match, just talking to the crowd, talk, like like getting people to remember me in different ways, like. It's the more people that are in a match, the less moves I'm doing. I'll tell you that because I'm I'm going to play to a crowd more. I'm going to talk shit more. I'm going to do whatever I need to do more to stand out.
0: And that's honestly what happened in the match. Like it was them, and then it was I think it was uh, Milk Chocolate. I know they did some AEW dark stuff. They were the ones who like stood out to me because they were doing funny character stuff. Like I yeah. I, I can't tell you who won that match. I don't remember the name of the team, unfortunately. They were <laughs> exactly. exactly everybody was great in that match, everybody. But I can't remember. I remember exactly. the character stuff. Yep. And uh, there was
1: one time I did a show where we had a uh, a two ring battle royal. They took they put the two rings just like uh, two rings next to each other like war games, but it was like uh
0: minus. I think the they had.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think they had over like fifty people involved with it overall. So oh, you got like twenty five guys in each ring, big ass battle royal, I was like what the hell are you gonna do in there to stand out? You know, there's so many people out there. So what did I do? I went out there and I got knocked out of the ring right away and I rolled under the ring and I just kept crawling out from each side and like in between both rings I was just crawling in between both rings, popping out underneath the apron on each side. Just like messing with the crowd, I'm smarter than everybody, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> and I did that for the like majority of the match until there was a couple people left. that slid in there, took some stuff, and got eliminated. Like it's, it's like I people do too much. Less is more sometimes.
0: That's what like, I hear constantly. I, I, less is exactly. more, especially with wrestlers. Every wrestling interview I've yeah. had, everyone's like just less is more, less is more, less is more. That's definitely what it is, and. <laughs> Another example of an India show. I, uh, I interviewed a uh, friend of mine. I've interviewed a few times. Mike, uh, Mike Verna. I one of when I was researching his stuff, he was having a match against a guy named Richard Holiday, and Richard Holiday was the heel, and he's like taking forever to get his robe off. He's like, eh, give me a minute," and then Mike just jumps over the ring. It's in a VFW hall. Goes to the bartender. He's like, "Give me a course light," and he's drinking a beer and he's just relaxing. He's like, "I'm waiting on you, man. Come on." So exactly. That's something they both did. One guy was being like, hey, give me a minute. I I take my time. The other one's like, screw this. I'm getting a beer. So that's honestly what you need these days to stand out. And I'm glad that that so many of the wrestlers still have that mentality because it's the most important Mm -hmm. thing. Yep. It's what brings Laps fans back in. Because I have a buddy of mine who's a big wrestling fan. He's like, everybody does the same shit. He's like, well, if more people do more character stuff, then I'll come back to wrestling.
1: Yep. Like, we get it. It's fucking wrestling. Everyone's athletic. Everyone can do cool stuff. It's, it's like you see it for a couple minutes, and you're good. If you're not a wrestling fan, you see it for a few minutes, and you're good. But it's those little things that if... I always say, like, if you can get somebody who's not a wrestling fan interested for even that split second, you're doing your job right. But there's so because people that aren't wrestling fans, if they're brought to a show, you know, with a friend, family, something like that, they majority of the time, they're automatically dismissive. They don't want to be there. They don't care. Wrestling's fake to them. It's going to be stupid. Everyone's going to be in underwear. Like, but if you can do the one thing, you can go out there and you can get them to laugh like and laugh where they're not like making fun of it obviously laugh or get mad or get invested just invested is the word get them invested for that one moment then it's i love it like my favorite is making i always say um i try to make my wrestling look as real as possible i want my wrestling to look like a fight a brawl scrap i want it to like i don't i hate perfectly choreographed wrestling i always say (laughs) i hate the fucking whole drop down leapfrog uh so if if a wrestling fan knows what's coming next it's not good to me wrestling should always be unpredictable it should always be what the fuck's gonna happen next so i always say i try to keep my wrestling as much of a fight and as much of a shoot i guess you could say looking as possible Because I want that non-wrestling fan in the crowd for that split second to be like, oh, he really hit him. Or, oh, did he just hit him? Or they really hurt? Shit like that. Because for that split second, you just worked the wrestling fan. You just got them. You just reeled them in. You just invested uh, the non-wrestling fan I met. You just hooked them in for a second. And... That's always my like if you can appeal to that type of people the the walk by customers like when there there's with the pandemic when shows started to open up we had a lot of outdoor shows a lot of wrestling was being held outdoors so there's a lot of people walking by just casually seeing wrestling so if you can do something to stand out to those type of people then you're doing your job right and that's why i go back to tony cheney with the pizza box it's something so small but if you're going to walk by a wrestling show and you see a kid in the ring with a pizza box, you're going to remember the kid with the pizza box. It's that simple. Didn't matter what movie did.
0: Exactly, hit the nail right on the head. Another great example and thought of when you're saying all this, how to really work a wrestling a wrestling crowd, wrestling fan. Uh, Brian versus Lesnar at Survivor Series a couple years ago, when the first yeah. fa- first few minutes of the match where everyone's oh shit, Brian's really hurt, and then they have this amazing match. So mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Exactly, And I'm glad that you have that mindset, man. More wrestlers need that mindset and more wrestlers need to bring that to the table to people. So you can bring back laps fans. You can bring in possible new fans, all that cool shit. But way, anyway, man, we've we, had, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We live
1: in a world. Yeah. We live in a world where wrestling is so open. We don't hide it no more. We say it. WWE fucking says it or we're, we're fake. It's fake. It's all fake. We know it. So if you can make it look real for a split second. Hell
0: yeah. Absolutely, man. Anyway, man, um, got about an hour in. Had a good time chatting with you. Um, last few minutes, uh, I want you to plug anything you got coming up, uh, your social medias, or any, any Pro Wrestling Tee stores you've had, uh, bookings. Let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. You could uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philly Swanson. You can find me on Instagram at Philly Mike Swanson facebook philly mike swanson youtube philly mike swanson i keep it pretty simple and easy you know i'm not one of those people with difficult handles they're gonna make you rethink having to search me up so uh and uh in all my bios you can there's a link i have the link thing in there you pro wrestling t store t public store you can uh i've pinned tweet on my twitter you can check out my eight by tens if you want to order an eight by ten paypal me I you know I, I got everything listed on there. You you want to check out the videos, go to the YouTube. I got TikTok, I got Cameo. You want to order a personalized shout out, Cameo, whatever you need, I got it. So, check me out. I'm uh I'll be posting some upcoming dates sh- soon. Like I said, uh UWC is coming up. There's going to be some uh GCW stuff coming up soon. And uh yeah, stay tuned.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, follow Mike on all of his social media platforms, emails, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, everywhere you can find him. Uh, you can follow us here at TNAWP on Twitter, uh, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at CJ underscore 1214 on Twitter and CJ underscore 1293 on Instagram. Someone took CJ 1214 on Instagram when I first made it, so unfortunately I had to go 93. Uh, thank you guys so much <laughs> it sucked uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode you can find us on your favorite podcast app uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify um, Amazon Stitcher wherever you can find us at and leave us a five star review and tell us about your friends anyway thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode for, so for Philly Mike Swanson and for CJ Palmasano. we'll see you all next time
1: peace out guys thank you